number for this. What is nothing? Now that's deep. What in the fuck are we doing here? That's deep, bro. Hey, bros. Welcome to That's Deep, Bro. Serious questions with silly people. I am your host, Christina Pajitsky. I hope you had a great week, bros. Um, I did, man. You know, I'm just, I'm chilling, man. I'm growing this person inside of my body. Um, <laughs> other than that, you know, standard life, right? Doing stuff. Um, yeah. Oh, hey, if you want to see me do stand-up, please come to the Brand Improv October 29th. I'm doing one show only, the 8 p.m. show. It was originally like a whole week, but... Dudes, I can't I can't be doing that right now. I get I get all winded and, and lightheaded after a while. So just come see me do one show uh, out in Bray. It should be awesome. Also, if you do your shopping on Amazon, please use my banner. Uh, that's deepropodcast.com. Just click on a little banner when you do your shopping on Amazon. As you norm- just shop as you normally would. And it like magically knows that you use my website and it gives me, you know, little tiny kickbacks. Just little needle needle somethings. Yeah, do that. I'm on Twitter at Christina P. And that's it. So cool. So this week, um, we're going to do the topic of humility. And uh, this week, I it's funny because I got an email about it a while back. And I thought, oh, it's such a good idea for a topic. Because um, I feel like today in society, there's so little of it. I feel like it's a virtue that's been poo-pooed as weakness for some reason and i don't know necessarily where that came from um but we're in a pretty vapid empty time and um i just think it's interesting there's a lot of cultural stuff i'm going to bring into this into this discussion today um so there you go bros but let's you know what i'm going to do i'm going to kick this off with a little cray she's a, a rapper from oakland i, I love cray okay enjoy <laughs> Bitches wear that shit so I don't even bother I put that on my partner I put that on my family Oakland City representative Dress me as your majesty Yeah, you can kiss the ring But you can never touch the crown I smoke a million squisher blunts And I ain't never coming down Bitch, you ain't no Barbie I see you work at Arby's Number two, supersize Hurry up, I'm starving Gnarly, radical On the block, I'm magical See me at your college campus Baggy full of Adderall Call me if you need a fix Call me if you need a boost See the mother chicken heads They don't ever leave the coop I'm in the coop cruising I got the stolen plates Serving all the fiends Over there by the Golden Gate Bridge I'm colder than the fridge and the freezer I'm snatching all your bitches at my leisure There you go. That's Gucci Gucci by Crayshawn. Crayshawn, the best rapper alive. <laughs> Crayshawn is a started off as an internet sensation. She was just a tweaker from Oakland. This tiny little slip of a white girl growing up in Oakland. And I guess her parent, her mother was an artist too or some story. And um, I discovered Crayshawn a few years ago just because she was like this crazy tweaker that had a lot of shit to say, apparently. <laughs> but a lot of it's mostly just bragging about how awesome she was and all the cool stuff she did. And I, I remember thinking at the time, like, man, if I just had a, a pinky finger of the confidence that this Cray Sean has, what would happen to my life? <laughs> what would happen to me as a human being if I had just just a little bit of what Cray Sean has? But I actually I like that song, Gucci. It's got a good message, right? Them basic bitches, they wear that shit, so she doesn't even bother. I love where she's like, bitch, you ain't no Barbie. I see you work at Arby's. 
Number two, supersize. Hurry up, I'm starving. Which everybody knows, hello, if you go to Arby's, there's no number two. But not like I know that. I don't have been to Arby's once in my life. It's disgusting. I don't know why you're eating at Arby's if you're eating at Arby's. I hear the curly fries are good, but that's no excuse. Arby's is thoroughly disgusting. They have one, it's like one thing, right? Those pastrami vagina sandwiches that you dip in the juice. It's, it's disgusting. You should be ashamed of yourself if you're eating at Arby's. There's Gucci Gucci. So, uh, yes, Krayshawn started... <laughs> Starts this episode um, of humility off. What the fuck happened between? I would say, I would say the nineties when um, I was growing up. When uh, when a different culture was cool. Here, I'll show you. You want to know what was cool when I was in high school? I sound like an old person. I don't give a fuck. Okay, hold on. Let me find. Oh, for fuck's sake! Why? Why? <sighs> I'm going to find this for you. You're going to love this. I promise you it'll be worth it. When I was in high school, this was the anthem of my my generation right here. Okay? This is what this is what people had on t-shirts. This is what the ethos was. Remember the song? It's fucking great. Back's the best, dude. Little hipster from Silver Lake. Great show, by the way. I've seen back live. The guy's amazing. He does the splits and shit. In the time of chimpanzees, I was a oh, yeah. Makes no sense. Spray paint the vegetables. Beefcake pantyhose. And put it in neutral. Yeah. Better with the vitamin D. Got a couple of couches. Sleep on the love seat. Yeah, when an Anna Magus oh, I fucked that up. Get to the chorus. A mace in the dark. Yeah. Yo. Cut it. So. the fuck i'm talking about dude back that's this is my generation this is you know senior year in high school losers the anthem and then somehow it turned to i'm the best i'm the shit (laughs) everything i do is awesome it turned to a million kids on youtube um talking just about how rad they are even though they have no discernible talents whatsoever so yeah, let's explore that. But first, I think we need to get ourselves motivated. We need to get in the right frame of mind. Let's take it off uh, with a little bit of my hero, Kenny Powers. Cool. The yearbook money. Galloway, dipshit. Hop up. Hop up, dickweed. <laughs> this thing on? Why just push the fucking button? Oh, they can hear me right now. Hello, school. Can you hear me? They can hear me. Good morning, students. Teachers. Uh, faculty members, uh, lunch ladies, janitors. This is uh, Kenny Powers. Professional baseball player. And I got something I want to say. A lot of you motherfuckers think you know who Kenny Powers is. Well, I'm here today to tell y'all you don't know shit. <laughs> there comes a time in every man's life when he's got to take a look at himself in the mirror and decide just exactly who he is. Well, I've come to that crossroads and I have decided... Kenny Powers is a man. Kenny Powers is an athlete. Kenny Powers is a lover. But the most he is, I mean, the thing that Kenny Powers is the most is a goddamn champion. And the one thing a champion does not do is fucking quit. A true champion faces his enemies and he conquers them. Okay, maybe we should uh... And that is why I'm here today to tell you all that Kenny Powers is officially accepting the position of PE coach here at Jefferson Davis Middle School. (laughs) There you go. Kenny Powers gets on the horn to the entire school to let them know he's going to accept the position of PE teacher after uh, getting kicked out of the majors as a baseball player. If you haven't seen the show Eastbound and Down, Dude, do yourself a favor. Watch all the seasons. 
It's an amazing show. It's an amazing character. I think Kenny Powers, you know, he's super arrogant. He's he's super not humble, but he's a fucking loser, which is why it's super, super funny. He's He has nothing really going for him, uh, which is why he can get away with being such an incredible douchebag. It's such a funny show. And it's so funny because this came out in 2008, the first season of, of Eastbound and Down. And I was watching it, man. They're dropping N-bombs left and right and doing all kinds of racist shit. There's no way this show could premiere now in 2015 without uh, being a, you know, social media shamed out of existence. I guarantee if Eastbound and Down pr- premiered today, uh, some Twitter mob would come around and, and, and tell HBO to pull the show because of its racial insensitivity. But what a great character. Ugh. So there, that's why, but that's, that's the whole point. That's why Kenny Powers is funny, right? Because he's, he's kind of endearing and he's kind of likable because he's such a loser. You, the weird part about Eastbound and Down is that, at least for me, I really got into the story of Kenny Powers. <laughs> like I really, I really rooted for him. I really wanted him to get back together with the love of his life, April. I wanted them to have a family. I wanted him to change and be a better person. Um, And I think that's really rare in comedies to master those two elements of a great story and fantastically great characters and actually wanting this piece of shit guy, Kenny Powers, to succeed, to win, to get back into baseball, to, to, to fulfill his egoic, his egoic dreams uh, it's so great. And he's got this fantastic sidekick, Steve Janowski. This guy is probably the funniest fucking sidekick of all time. Um, you, this is, he's so, he's so, just idolizes Kenny Powers and idolizes everything he does. Oh, it's such a good show. But yeah, humility. <laughs> I mean, obviously Kenny Powers is a caricature of uh, a douchebag. I'm sure it's... I, I think it's actually based on a real person that um that Jody Hill knew. I'm sure it is, as all great comedy is based on somebody you actually know <laughs> that's that much of a fucking lunatic. <sighs> so humility. It's interesting because I haven't even thought of that word since Catholic school. Cause I think it has a negative connotation. Like I feel I feel as though people say that word and, and it's uh, it's like you're this Franciscan monk wearing a hair shirt and you don't exist and you're preaching to birds and you're getting bird shit all over you and your knees are scraped up because you're crawling on them to get to church and you know, you're, you're living as a homeless preacher, but I don't think it means that. Um, yeah. Cause the Catholic, the Catholic in me, that's the kind of stuff you're, you're raised to think is uh, virtuous. And I think that's a bit extreme. So I looked up humility because I know it's a, it's got to be something positive in there. Because uh, the antithesis of humility is, let's say, Kenny Powers, <laughs> and that's not good. So so I looked it up. I just did like a Google search. As with all my extensive research on the show, um, you get nothing but the best from me. It's just a quick Google search. I read the Wikipedia, I read some cursory philosophy text from some dictionary, and then there you go. Uh, oh, by the way, sidebar, a lot of you have been writing me emails thanks, telling me you love the show, and I so appreciate them, and I, I love it so much when you do that. Thank you. Um, but a lot of times you guys are like, this is like my therapy. I don't even need to go. No. <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> this show, no way, shape, or form replaces actual therapy. And I appreciate the sentiment. I really do. But don't stop going to therapy if you need to. This in no way replaces proper proper head shrinkage by a licensed person. I am just a douchebag comic uh, who has a lot of opinions about really dumb things that most people don't care about. Frankly, the reason I started this show is because I have so many ideas about shit nobody cares about. And uh, I needed an outlet to talk about these things because most people... Uh, when I try to talk to them about this stuff, they just look at me like, um, what's wrong with you? Oh my God, you're so weird. I've heard that a lot in my life. Uh, I'm like, who cares? A lot of that. 
So I figure why not do my own show and find other people that give a shit about the stuff I give a shit about. There you go. Yeah, my sister-in-law thinks I'm crazy for sure for talking about anything uh, remotely, uh, uh, quote, deep. So there you go. Forget it. My family. Forget my family. Oh, my God. Not my family. I'll tell you a story about my dad. Don't tell him. Um <clears throat> I can't tell the story. Basically, my dad wants to take a trip around the time my baby's born. He texted me yesterday. When is the baby going to be born? I texted back uh, December 14th. But, you know, theoretically, the kid can come any time within like a month before. Okay, so like when? Can you tell me when the baby's going to be born? I need to take a trip. Ah. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry my child's birth is interfering with your travel plans. Um, yeah, next time I'll try to I'll try to arrange it such that I uh, I conceive of a child in the time frame that welcomes your your travel. It's like what the fuck? I encourage him to travel over Thanksgiving though. <laughs> I'm like travel over the holiday, man. <laughs> yeah, we don't care. No, nobody needs to see anybody on the holidays, do they? Really? Speaking of holidays, oh, I wanted to put this call out before I get into all this stuff. Halloween is coming up. It is one of my favorite holidays. I love the holidays. By the way, I know I talk a lot of smack about family coming over and all that, but that's just because I hate my fucking family for the most part. There's a few, there's a handful of good eggs, but I don't, I don't really, you know, I don't care. So, but I'm nuts. I'm cuckoo for, for Halloween. I love Thanksgiving. I love Christmas. Excuse me, Christmas. I love decorating my house. Right now my house looks like a teenage goth girl's room. I got skulls, black flowers, uh, fake crows everywhere, lights, you name it. I just, I'm, I love it. So I was thinking for my Halloween episode, I could do the topic of what scares people. Uh, so write in and let me know what scares you. And I'm not talking like, you know, spiders. You can include that stuff, like spiders and the dark and stuff um, and Arby's, but other things. Um, you know, let's get deep on it. Let me hear your real your real fears. I think it'll be really a neat topic about what you guys uh, fear and what you're afraid of. So there you go. Special Halloween episode. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm terrified of Arby's. There's so much shit I'm afraid of. I don't even know if I'm afraid of death so much as like, ugh, getting sick. Okay, all right. So let's get back to humility, though. I'm, I'm way off tangent right now. Okay, so humility, standard definition. This is really interesting because I don't think it, it's right. It says a modest or low view of one's own importance. Humbleness. Modesty, humbleness, meekness, diffidence, unassertiveness. And you notice how that's kind of in relation to a social context. Whereas when I think of the word humility, I think of it in terms of religious context more so. And it's interesting because humility, I think, in a former time, at least in this country, was seen as a virtue and now is morphed into more of a, of, a, of a weakness, of a shortcoming, as some kind of character defect if you have some humility to you. And I think what's interesting, if you look at somebody like a Donald Trump right now, who, <laughs> it's unbelievable, uh, the guy is not, not an ounce of humility in him, and yet people really dig him. Huh. Very bizarre. Um, you know, actually in the past, if you look like, if you look at our other presidents, I don't know, Kennedy, well, he was really handsome. Like Franklin Roosevelt, the guy in the wheelchair, polio. Uh, you didn't hear him bragging and boasting and talking about, um, how rich and powerful or amazing he was. Uh, America's done a, an about face in terms of what we value in, in people. So, okay, so then I looked up, the word humility comes from the Latin word humilitas. Does anyone ever study humilitas Latin anymore? <laughs> is, there, is that even an option in schools? I feel like it's irrelevant. I remember when I studied philosophy in school, they said you could do German, Greek, or Latin. And I was like, I, it all sounds terrible, German, and then I failed. Okay, so... Humility, I didn't fail, but I got like a C in German 3. It was not good. It's translated to humble, but also grounded, 
from the earth or low, since it derives in turns from hummus, delicious hummus, humus, H-U-M-U-S, the earth. Because the concept of humility addresses intrinsic self-worth relationships and socialization as well as perspective, it is emphasized in religious practice, moral teaching, and ethical study where the notion is often made more precise. Yeah, humility. Kind of a necessity if you're going to be a religious person, um, if you're going to be a person, really, a a person who's self-reflective in the least. What I really like is the Judaic version of humility, which is really cool. Uh, Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs states that in Judaism, humility is an appreciation of one's self, one's talents, skills, and virtues. It is not meekness or self-deprecating thought, but the effacing of oneself to something higher. Humility is not to think lowly of oneself, but to appreciate the self one has received. Isn't that interesting? I kind of agree. Well, Jews always have it, right? I, mean, I think I was meant to be a Jew because I, I, Catholic stuff is so, um, it's so counterintuitive and so against the flow of life. These Jews really got it in, in terms of in terms of life affirming. You know what I mean? Like just in general, even with sexuality, they don't have such a morbid and unnatural view of of sex. The Jews. They tell you, have kids, multiply. They even let their rabbis have sex. Isn't that great? Which fucking makes sense because if you want advice in your marriage, your marriage counseling, who are you going to go to? The priest that's never been late? Well, who knows? But, uh, or the guy, the rabbi who has a family. <laughs> it makes no fucking sense. So I love this idea, but you're also effacing uh, the effacing of oneself to something higher, meaning you give thankful. There's a there's an there's an idea of thankfulness. There's an idea of uh, reverence for your own creation, for your own creator, an idea of like, hey, these wonderful gifts I have are amazing. Like I'm special and so is everyone else. It's not just me. It's like the creator's amazing. Isn't this all amazing? As opposed to me, 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 look how rad I am. Look at all the stuff I have. God. So, yeah, this is interesting. Humility is not to think lowly of oneself, but to appreciate the self one has received. I read that already. And recognition of the mysteries and complexities of life, one becomes humble to the awesomeness one is and what one can achieve. Ooh. Yeah, you're humble to the awesomeness of... of isn't it amazing? It's amazing that you even exist. You shouldn't even be here. Like, it's just so, and I know people are like, oh, the miracle of making a child. It kind of, it kind of is. I mean, you shouldn't even be here. It's like, it's so improbable, your birth to begin with, that your dad blows a load and your mom, and out of all those millions of sperm, one makes it to one egg, and then it just kills me. And then that, out of those two cells meeting a fucking person, grows and then uh, it's just so improbable and it's so hard to survive the first eight weeks of conception you know a lot of kids don't i, I can't get into it anyway rabbi peeny rabbi peeny dunner discusses that humility is to place others first it is to appreciate others worth as important in recognizing our worth as people rabbi dunner shows that looking into the zillions of stars in the sky and in the length and history of time, you and I are insignificant like dust. <sighs> Did you get that? I think that's really interesting. That humility is actually the ability for a person to take a step back and go, wait a minute, who's in charge of this whole show? It ain't me. And I'm not the only person here. Look at all the stardust. Look at all this crazy stuff in these different countries and the, the constellations and space and time and how fast it goes. I am nothing. I am nothing in this grand scheme of things. It's so crazy. Uh, I like that. Rabbi Dunner states that Moses wrote in the Torah and Moses was exceedingly humble more than any man on the face of the earth. How is it possible to be humble and write you are the most humble? <laughs> The conclusion is that Moses knew he was humble. It is not in denial of your talents and gifts, but to recognize them 
and live up to your worth and something greater. It is in service to others that is the greatest form of humility. See, and that's, that's kind of the, the linchpin to all of this. It's okay to acknowledge your gifts. I don't think anybody will say, don't, humility has nothing to do with you denying your amazing gifts that you're born with or the things that you do that are good. Because that sucks. Like, what? No one's no, that, no reasonable person will want you to do that. And it's also the the interesting thing is y- you're under an obligation to recognize your gifts and talents given to you by the Creator, not just to ignore them and be a lazy piece of shit or someone who gives up. Because there's always it's always hard, right, bros? Doing stuff that you like. It's not it's not like it comes without strife and effort. It's your duty to acknowledge your talents and gifts, recognize them and live up to your worth and something greater and something greater and to serve other peoples. Now that is people, other people, service to others. What a wonderful definition. God, I love the fucking Jews. I just love them. Yeah. As illustrated in the person of Moses who leads the nation of Hebrews out of slavery in Egypt into the promised land, humility is a sign of godly strength and purpose not weakness of this great leader. The Bible states for Moses was a man exceeding meek above all men that dwelt, dwelt upon earth. Moses is venerated by Jewish and Christian adherents alike. And by the way, I don't know if you, I hope you people know this, uh, that Christianity is based on Judaism. Hello, the old Testament. It's the first book of the old, the Bible We're the new or the old. So, we're not that different, but we fuck it up somehow. Yeah, we really fuck it up because the Old Testament, well, I don't know. There's good and bad to both. C.S. Lewis, remember The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, that book you read growing up? Huge Christian. I don't know if you knew that, but C.S. Lewis was also a Christian. He wrote the Screw Tape Letters. There's a bar in Oxford uh, that he used to write at that I used to drink at. was pretty cool. So C.S. Lewis states that in Christian world, teaching the opposite of pride is humility. And in his famous phrase, this is great, by the way, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. That's cool, right? Because don't you find a sense of relief when it's not always about you? Ugh. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I'm thankful to have things outside of myself and my stupid little worries to go to just to get out of my own drama. I'm so thankful to have like a husband to, to, to worry about what are you doing? What's your deal? Or cousins or my dogs or just fucking anything else, but my own puny little dog brain that goes in circles. (laughs) You know, it's just me chewing on my bones and I need to get out of that. So here we're on a good track. The Jews have it right, I think, about humility. C.S. Lewis has it right about humility. And then leave it to the Catholics to fuck it all up. So here we go. It starts with St. Thomas Aquinas, who, by the way, I actually like as a philosopher. I've read a lot of the Summa. I've read a lot of what Thomas Aquinas wrote. And for those of you who don't know who he is, he's this 13th century philosopher and theologian. He's known as a scholastic philosopher. And around this time in history, um, they discovered the texts of Aristotle, the Greek philosopher Aristotle, and a lot of the Catholics, they panicked because that's the Greeks, you know what I'm saying? That's not, that's not us. And uh, a lot of it was not anti-Christian, but just faithless. And so St. Thomas Aquinas was given the horrible task, the, the long task, of translating Aristotle and Christianizing Christianizing him uh, for the West so that people didn't lose their minds because Aristotle's not a Christian thinker. He's, I guess you'd consider agnostic, pagan, but he doesn't talk about God, Aristotle, in the way, in the way that, you know, uh, the Christians, the Catholics needed him to. So Thomas Aquinas writes the Summa, which is like countless books on, Christianizing Aristotle, and he writes about ridiculous shit like, you know, what are angel wings like? Um, what kind of souls do dogs have? 
just everything and everything, anything you can think of in Catholicism, he covers it so that everybody can sleep at night back in the 13th century. (laughs) So here's, I think, where the humility thing got kind of warped and turned into a debasing thing. So, so this guy Aquinas defined humility humility similarly as the virtue of humility that consists in keeping oneself within one's own bounds, not reaching out to things above one, but submitting to one's superior. So there you go. Humility becomes a, a way of controlling people, a way of robbing them of their um, their own agency. I think a way of keeping people in line and then it becomes a negative thing. Augustine, St. Augustine also uh, around the time of Aquinas, I think before Aquinas wrote, and I'll never forget this when I read this in philosophy, when I studied philosophy, he wrote, we are born in between urine and feces, St. Augustine. So then you have a really, really weird debased idea of, of what human, (laughs) what human activity should be like. And I think it was a way of keeping the peasants down, I think it was a way of of control of, th- of thought control because if you tell people to remain humble uh, and in this definition of humility to be to acknowledge your superiors well, it's pretty great right for those of us that own land maybe for those of us that are wealthy people that own slaves but that's a really nice way to control them right to tell them no oh, no no you don't need to get paid more you're humble your gifts come in the afterlife you're seen as, uh, you know, your, your rewards will come later. You don't need money in this life. You don't, you don't need prestige. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> it's so evil, right? So, okay. Yeah, humility. Well, hold on. I had something else for you guys. Yeah, so I think humility turns into a negative thing in our society, at least at least from my upbringing. And it's funny because now you say that word and people are like, "Ugh, why would I want that?" Cuz arrogance. I think I think Kenny Powers kind of came true. I feel like there's a lot of I've known a lot of Kenny Powers in my life, especially in the comedy world. Boy, oh boy. Man, I mean, how many times have I seen the loud arrogant comic get ahead for a minute and it's only because it's it's mistaken for confidence this loudness this false bravado you know there's a lot of people out there who are just insecure but then they they yell louder than other people or they're they throw it out there more so it it mimics actual confidence um it's and especially in today's society or at least in my business if you have like an ounce of humility you're perceived as weak so it's like high school (laughs) It's so stupid, but yeah, it's, uh, anyways, it's interesting shit. So I also thought about other examples of this in popular culture. I remember a few years ago, Anne Hathaway got shit for not showing uh, sufficient false humility uh, during some Oscar acceptance speech. Here, I'll, I'll play a little bit of it for you. It's funny because she really, she she's a hardworking actress. This girl's been in showbiz forever. She wins an award for best supporting actress. She wins an Oscar for God's sakes, and it's a big deal to these actors to win these bullshit awards. And uh, she gives a speech, and it's perceived as not being humble enough. <laughs> it's she's perceived as being unlikable um, for kind of admitting to wanting to be successful. And a bit of a, a bit of a go-getting nerd. Uh, that's maybe who she is—a little bit of a nerd—and that's okay. So here's a piece of the um, of the of the acceptance speech that people were really, really shitting on her for. Hold on, here we go. I don't want to play too much. So she's standing up there. She's got her cute little pixie haircut, and she's got her Oscar in her hands. And here she goes. Thank you so much to the Academy for this and for nominating me with Helen Hunt, Jackie Weaver, Amy Adams, and Sally Field. I look up to you all so much, and it's, it's just been such an honor. Thank you. I, there are so many people whose generosity and support is the reason that I'm standing here right now. I must thank Hugh Jackman. Hugh, you're the best. Oh, boy. I, I can't really stomach much of these speeches, but 
the point is, is that she sounds like she's being sincere, but I guess people were shitting on her because it didn't read as sincere because she was wanting to win, which, I mean, isn't that the point? <laughs> isn't that kind of what actors want is to win these awards to get more money and more work? And they just crucified her. I remember, God, what year was this? I, I wish I could. Oh, 2013. And so people were really, really uh, crapping on her. It's so funny. Okay, so there's this other article. Is that why Why do people hate her? And um, okay, this is an article in the New York Daily News about why people hated Anne Hathaway and that speech. Um, okay, it says, observe the preening and posing with her Oscar statuette. And may we add, it was for Best Supporting Actress, Anne. She shoved it toward the camera. She kissed it. She made the dreaded raise-the-roof motion when she should have been persuaded to let go of it. Soon after, everywhere from the city streets to the blogosphere lit up with anti-Hathaway sentiment, meet the Hatha haters the legion of Americans who aren't fooled by her luminous skin, sweet pixie cut and perfect teeth. And might I add, she does have all those things. Her teeth are amazing. Her hair's amazing. She's amazing. She's gorgeous. US Week- oh, Us Weekly reported she rehearsed her acceptance speech to make herself more likable. And then parentheses, it says, nice try. <laughs> and she told the magazine and the con- that the constant criticism over her speeches hurt her feelings. Joan Rivers summed up her feelings about her on Letterman by sticking out her tongue and saying, blech. Okay, I don't care. The, the, the intrigue is that people can't put their finger on what it is about Anne Hathaway that has sparked this hatred. Somehow this woman that puts herself out there as sweet, good, humble, and grateful is coming across as exactly the opposite. And Hathaway hatred has gone viral. Oh, that's interesting. So is it the idea, is is this why we don't like her? Because she's pretending to be uh, sweet, good, and humble and have this humility. But she's betraying herself because, you know, unless you really feel those things, it's kind of hard to mimic it. And most people can tell. They can tell when they're being hosed. Uh, Yeah, okay, I can see that. I mean, look. In all sincere, like in all honesty, I don't know why people were so. Uh, what's wrong with a girl wanting to win? <laughs> and, and are we shitting on her because she's a woman? Uh, because she is unabashedly wanting things, <laughs> wanting to to win. I think that's part of it. I think that people also don't don't want her in particular. Don't want women. Maybe I don't know uh, to go for things. And to to be proud of themselves, I, I don't know. Well, here's some other stuff. Drama, like the drama club girl in high school who couldn't stop bursting. Okay, so people find her fake and smug. I don't think so, but whatever. I think that Gwyneth Paltrow is way worse. Way worser. I don't know. Okay, so they find her smug. She thanked her husband. Okay, I guess that's a big, I don't fucking know. Or they hate they hate everything about okay, so everyone hates Anne Hathaway. So stupid. I don't know. I is it so wrong? Uh maybe maybe the only thing her mistake was was to be to pretend to be like sweet and you know, like, oh I, I don't want all this, and then she really does. I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. You have sports figures. I feel so bad for them. My husband watches these football games and every time Somebody wins or loses, they have to give the dreaded press conference after. And these coaches and these players, it's like, well, what the fuck are they going to say? Mostly it's the same stuff. Uh, well, I mean, we didn't play as well as we wanted to, and, uh, you know, we tried, but the other team was better. I mean, that's really all you can say when you lose. It's just, it's like they don't feel bad enough as it is. You have to have a fucking press conference to make these people feel worse about themselves it's really annoying but what i find interesting in sports is that it's not cool to be well i don't know sometimes you see those guys like dancing when they get touchdowns or whatever you're not supposed to that's what my husband said you're not supposed to 
show like that much enthusiasm when you score because it's ta- I guess it's tacky. I don't know. Um, but sports players are kind of meant to be humble or they are forced to be humble, I think, because it's unattractive if you're not. Howard Dean, I don't know if you remember this back in 2004. This was awesome. Uh, Howard Dean did not show sufficient humility here in the speech he gave, and it ruined his race for president. Remember this? He would have given anything for that. And you know something? You know something? Not only are we going to New Hampshire, Tom Harkin, we're going to South Carolina and Oklahoma and Arizona and North Dakota and New Mexico. We're going to California and Texas and New York. And we're going to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington and Michigan. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what took down Howard Dean's presidential uh, candidacy. Was was that like that moment? Apparently, <laughs> he lost because of a, because of of screaming. He showed too much enthusiasm, not enough humility. So, what is the right recipe for for being humble uh, in American society? If Donald Trump can be a complete jagoff, and people love him for it, and Howard Dean shows a moment of 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 you know enthusiasm and a lack of what what makes one person likable for their lack of humility and one person not likable i don't know it's it's an interesting thing maybe white guys get away with more maybe because trump is maybe because trump is successful and and he's somebody that we're supposed to kind of want to be Right, he's a he's a millionaire. He's a successful businessman, and that's kind of the American dream. So when he acts like a jerk, everybody's like, "Yeah, but he's really successful." You guys, you should just let him act like a jerk. Like he gets away with it. But Anne Hathaway is just seen as some greedy little actress, some annoying um, drama class girl who wants success. It's really interesting, man. I I don't know the answers, but I think it's interesting. I also came across this great article on, um, on Twitter, uh, Hillary Clinton congratulated Jennifer Lawrence on some shit that she wrote. I don't know about the, I don't know what the fuck it was. Uh, but basically this whole thing about them not getting paid as much, uh, women getting paid as much in show business. And, um, oh, Jennifer Lawrence opened up about feminism and wage inequality in an essay featured in Lena Dunham's Lenny Letter newsletter titled, Why Do I Make Less Than My Male Co-Stars? Which is really brave to come out and um, and talk like that because you're seen as difficult or ungrateful or bitchy, right? Much Much like Anne Hathaway, if you actually want things <clears throat> if you uh, if you stand up for yourself, so this is pretty interesting. Okay, so this is what Jennifer, what's her name, Jennifer Lawrence. She's in those um, movies. Uh, uh, what's that shit where she's a, a hero? I love it. The Hunger Games. I, I like her. She's cute and see, she's very humble, right? Jennifer Lawrence. We all like her because she takes her family members to the Oscars, doesn't she? Do that. She hangs out with her family and she's like this normal kind of girl. Well, at least you imagine her to be. Who knows? So she writes, when the Sony hack happened and I found out how much less I was being paid than the lucky people with dicks, I didn't get mad at Sony, Lawrence wrote. I got mad at myself. Hmm. I failed as a negotiator because I gave up early. I didn't want to keep fighting over millions of dollars that, frankly, due to two franchises, I don't need. But another reason she said she didn't fight for more money was her fear of being perceived as, quote, difficult or spoiled. This is in Rolling Stone magazine, by the way. She contemplated whether this might have to do with her age or personality or additional outside reasons. Are we socially conditioned to behave this way? We've only been able to vote for, what, 90 years, she wrote, later adding, could there still be a lingering habit of trying to express our opinions in a certain way that doesn't offend or scare men? Lawrence went on to detail a work situation where she gave her opinion 
in a clear and no bullshit way, no aggression, just blunt to a man who was working for her, who reacted as if I was yelling at him, she wrote. All I hear and see all day are men speaking their opinions, and I give mine in the exact same manner, and you would have thought I had said something offensive. She closed out the blunt essay by comparing her experiences with her recent male co-stars, including Jeremy Renner, Christian Bale, Bradley Cooper, who negotiated powerful deals. If anything, I'm sure they were commended for being fierce and tactical, while I was busy worrying about coming across as a brat and not getting my fair share, Lawrence wrote. Whereas she worried about being deemed a brat. Interesting. Okay. Sony. <laughs> she further illustrated her point by referencing a Sony email that revealed a producer calling another actress a quote spoiled brat during a negotiation. For some reason, I can't picture someone saying that about a man. She concludes. Amen, sister. I agree. I totally agree. And I think what I like most about this article and about Jennifer Lawrence saying this stuff is that she's not blaming dudes. Okay, because we're beyond that. She's right. It's not the dude's faults anymore. You can't, feminism can no longer blame the white man. Although I do. I secretly in my heart, I still do. I blame the white guys. White guys ruin everything. But it's time for us to take responsibility. I do believe this. And it's time uh, to grow a pair like a dude and start acting like the dudes and asking for things. And let me tell you, as a woman in a male-dominated industry, uh, there's no way around being seen as a spoiled brat as a woman. There's no way around being perceived as difficult or bitchy or um, my favorite is, what am I called, strong or independent, (laughs) which is silly because, look, I'm just a person. I'm just a, I mean, you mean I'm human? I just have these, these human characteristics that my husband would have or or my male friends would have, but I'm considered strong and independent uh, because I exhibit traits that a human being would, not just like a woman. It's so weird. Uh, Yeah. And I, I totally get this man and she's right. She's, she is a humble sort of, she has humility and it's interesting her logic being like, Hey, I already have millions and millions of dollars. Do I need to negotiate for more? Yeah. Absolutely. I think you do. And I think it's your right. And I think you should get everything. Why the fuck not? You're working your ass off now so that hopefully you don't have to. And in your later part of your life, do it for fucking sure, man. And also, I think that uh, I, 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 you know, I used to be afraid of offending and scaring men, but the ones that you're offending and scaring are fucking shitty anyways. Those aren't the guys you, you want around you. They're just not, they're not, they're not the ones that are going to work with you. They're not the ones that are going to advocate for you. And they're not the ones you want around you, frankly. Um, yeah, like my people, my quote, team agents, managers, a uh, lawyer, people who I work with are not threatened by uh, strong quote, strong women, <laughs> women who actually, you know, do stuff, uh, care about things are passionate. And I will say, as a huge testament about the men in my life, ladies, find men that do support you. I'm so lucky that I'm surrounded by a lot of male comics who will tell me how much they're getting paid. My husband and I talk about business stuff all the time. And I know exactly what he's getting paid and I know what to ask for because I ask those questions. And I think if you're lucky enough to be surrounded by wonderful dudes that get it, Uh, they'll help you. They will tell you what to ask for or how to negotiate. Sometimes I didn't know. I didn't know how to ask for money. For the longest time, I didn't know how to ask for things. And I just had to ask dudes. I had to ask dudes because they, I feel like they give that knowledge to each other a bit more freely, freely. And, um, you know, women, for whatever reason, we're kind of not encouraged to, to be advocates of our own stuff which is really unfortunate. And I do think it is a cultural thing, most definitely. Yeah, you don't want to be seen as a pain in the ass. God forbid. God forbid she's a pain in the ass. Right? Just like Anne Hathaway. God forbid she's uh, she's a little uh, ambitious. Right? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Look out. She's not there just to give blowjobs and, and back rubs. So good for her. I hope she gets her money. God damn it. I hope so. Those movies can't be easy to make. All that running around and shooting arrows and shit. 
So there you go. That's what I got for you this week, bros. Humility. It's not all bad. And I think when you look at it in terms of of the Jewish perspective, which I think they got it right, man. It's not to think lowly of yourself, but to appreciate the self that you have. Um, and that's huge. It's your duty as as something, as a being created by a loving creator God, theoretically, I don't know, to acknowledge the greatness inside of you and to give it to other people. It's not about just Gucci, Gucci, Louie, Louie, Fendi, Fendi, Prada. Uh, it's not just about being Kenny Powers, but hopefully you give something to other people. Uh, uh, and it's not about shitting on yourself. It's recognizing that you're special and so is everybody else. Which means, hey, you can ask for the stuff that you need and that you want. And it doesn't take anything away from anybody else. You can assert that you're good at something. That's a huge thing too, man. That takes years. It took me a long time to acknowledge like, oh, I'm fucking actually good at this. This is something I can do. Um, that's, that's part of your, your task as a human being, I think, to acknowledge what you're good at, right? Ugh. You can't always look to other people. You can't, because they're not, they're not always going to tell you what you're good at. You decide for you. It's tough. Oh, man. It's tough. And don't you want to be around people that recognize the worth of other people? It's interesting because some of the most successful comedians I know, some of the biggest names in, in this business, are giving other people compliments constantly and are sharing the stage constantly with 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 other people and and it doesn't take away what they're doing it doesn't threaten them and that's so attractive in a person uh more so than like you know the comedian that books the shitty feature act so that he doesn't get outshined by the feature (laughs) it's really so much more attractive to be just a little bit humble oh i know who i wanted to bring up this made me want to vomit in my own mouth. Jesus, where is it? Hold on. This shit makes me want to die. Are you ready for this? So I, I was having a conversation with a friend about this exact subject, about a lack of humility. And I was just on YouTube. Uh, and I came across this kid's videos. His name is Tyler Oakley. And he's a, he's a young kid. Um, I'm assuming a gay kid because he's... Yeah. Oh, sorry. That's an ad. You don't need to hear that. Sweet gay kid. Um, and his whole, th- he's got just a zillion YouTube followers. Like he's one of these people who's really YouTube famous. And his whole thing is like, uh, dare to be you. <laughs> just dare to be you, which is so funny to me that this generation, that's the big call to action is like, be you. It's really a lack of any sort of humility or recognition of other people. Like, do, do you, bro? Like, what? What are you talking about? So here he is. This is a little bit of Tyler Oakley. Dare to be you. <clears throat> Again, sweet kid. You know, young kid, blonde dude, just talking uh, utter nonsense. And millions of people are following. So here's here's a little taste of what Tyler Oakley's talking about this week on YouTube. And we just got done with the summer, although here in LA it's still like 90 degrees, so almost 98 degrees. Oh my god, what is Nicholas up to? I think we can safely assume he's not filming a Favorite Things video. But I am! Okay, so my first favorite thing I found at Target for 74 cents. It was on clearance. I am on a budget. But it's black matte nail polish, and I've always thought that that's, like, kind of cute. And I'm like, you know what? Nail polish is not just for girls. Case in point, I did mine with the ugliest shade of, like, goldenrod yellow. So I decided I'm gonna get some cute black matte nail polish. And maybe I'll give myself a little pedicure tonight. So if you want to see that, (laughs) follow me on Snapchat. Did you just hear that? This kid made a video. First of all, he talks about the weather for the first, I don't know how many seconds. And then his favorite thing he bought at Target is black nail polish. And then if you want to watch him give himself the pedicure, he's going to be on Snapchat later. And then you can watch him give himself a pedicure. Jesus fucking Christ. Like, I, I, I don't know what happened to kids. You know what I mean? Like, wh- whatever happened to 
incubating with a thought in your brain before you share it with the entire world. And this is on the YouTube, man. This has 632,000 views. And it's just utter nonsense. Here, here's more utter nonsense. It's not going to be pretty, but you know, I've always got to try. Okay, so another thing that I'm absolutely loving right now that I just picked up a physical copy of because I feel like if you like something, you got to support it. Um, It's Carly Rae Jepsen's new album. I love every single song on it. This is not, Carly's not paying me to say this, but it's like so good. It's honestly pop album of the year. If it's not nominated for a Grammy, I will be so disappointed. If you need new good who is texting me? If you need new good pop music, Carly Rae Jepsen's album, incredible. Okay, so for my next favorite thing, it's something that I just got. I haven't even opened them yet, but um, it's these gloves. And I was attracted to them because they're for women, and I figure, why would you gender gloves? But I was doing this workout last week. I'm gonna, and I- I'm gonna fucking kill myself. I can't do it. I mean, is this does this make any sense to you? Like, I, I feel like I'm so out of touch. Like, I just, I don't understand why anybody... <sighs> Why are we watching this? Okay, I, it just kills my spirit. Like he's, it's not. It's not saying anything. I think. I think it bothers me because you're like, there's no humility. There's no sense of the other here. I think that's why. I think that's why it's so me, 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 me. If this is what this generation is being raised on, just I, I'm awesome. I'm daring to be me. Yeah, but motherfucker, nobody told you not to be you. Like, is it really that much of a struggle to be you? Is that is it really that much of a problem? Is this generation not loved enough? I, I highly doubt that. So, okay, here's here's a from his homepage. Tyler Oakley. Okay, okay. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Tyler Oakley, and for the last eight years, I have shared the real me with the world. Oh, my God. I feel myself blushing. There's a lot I need to tell you guys. Me being me may have even helped some of you guys be you. I have one hand. That is very different. I'm proud to say that I have bigger body than most girls. I'm a huge fan of romantic comedies. It is crazy what is possible when you are unafraid to be you. I love y'all. Oh my god. So yeah, this guy has like almost 5 million views on that one clip that I just it, it's just played. It's so great. Michelle Obama was with Tyler Oakley. I, oh my god. I don't understand. I'm lost. Maybe one of you can explain this shit to me because I, I don't I didn't understand that it was this big of a problem that kids are not able to express themselves. <sighs> All right, I'm sorry. I gotta, um, I, I gotta pull myself out of this funk now. After watching this kid, my, my brain just exploded all over my laptop. Uh, a little humility would serve Tyler Oakley, right? Just a little, just a little, just a little. I don't need to know this asshole paints his nails black. Anyways, this generation's doomed. I think that's what the point of this podcast is. If you're growing up watching the sheer shitty narcissism of a kid like this. I, I weep for this. I weep. Cause it's not, here's the thing. Like good for, I know he's a sweet little kid. He's, he's sharing what he thinks is important. And I, I applaud that to some extent, but it's like, bro, if you're going to do it, like, like, let's get real on it. Like, let's fucking talk about real shit. Not just the stuff you buy at target. Am I right? That's just me. That's just me, bros. But you know why? That's how I would do it. And I'm imposing my way on him. And my way is not necessarily the best way, is it? No. And you know what? I'm, I've got enough humility to admit that. I'm just going to admit I don't know everything. I don't. That's deep. That's deep, bro. All right, guys. Well, I hope you have a humble week. I hope you pull it together. I hope you're getting ready for Halloween and write into me. Let me know what scares you like real. Okay. Don't give me some bullshit. Like I said, like clouds or windmills that scares everybody, but give me some real deets. Okay. Okay. All right, guys, that's been deep bro. Thank you for joining me. I'll return next week with more deep bro thoughts. Uh, If you didn't hear last week's episode on cults, I highly recommend it. Jessica, this girl uh, was who was in a cult from the time she was like eight until like 16 gave me a really, really great interview about what it's like to be in a cult and 
what life is like after getting out of a cult. Pretty deep stuff, bros. All right, time for me to go to Whole Foods, get some kombucha, get some rotisserie chicken. (laughs) All right, bros. Until next time. Bye. Now what? I don't know. Philosophize with with It's Christina P, a.k.a. Miss Jeans. This ain't your mom's house. It's a different theme. Gotta be critically thinking. Like you caught up at a cocktail party. Our thoughts start to sink in. John Locke, or was it Socrates? Aristotle or Plato, maybe Hippocrates. Got us talking all properly, topically. Just a comedian discussing these philosophies. Serious questions, silly people. What's that? That's deep, bro. It is the ultimate metaphor for life, and you know what that is? What? That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro.